Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Last year, we launched our course, The Data-Driven Classroom, and had hundreds of educators and clinicians take this course with consistently amazing feedback. I heard from so many teachers how this course really changed the way they approach data, how they were able to set up simple data systems, train their paras, and be collecting data to make data-based decisions within days of finishing the course. That feedback made me so happy. Now that course has been closed and unavailable since last year, but guess what? We are reopening the course, the data-based classroom, and I want you to be one of the first ones in. If data is something you have been struggling with for years, let's work on this together. Let me give you all of the tools to make this something that can consistently happen in your classroom. And guess what? Since you are a podcast listener, and I absolutely love my podcast listeners, I have an awesome code for you. When you use the code DATA100, you're going to get $100 off of the course bundle. Now, this code is only going to be usable until March 20th. So you only have one week to use this code, but Data 100 will get you $100 off of that course bundle. So that means for less than $200, you are getting the amazing data toolkit with literally hundreds of data sheets, all editable. And don't worry, I teach you how to edit it. And that entire data-driven course that touches on academic data, behavior data, staff training, and so much more. There's a link in the show notes with all of the information. Let's make this year the year that data really works. Hi, I'm Sasha Long, special ed teacher and board certified behavior analyst. Welcome to the Autism Helper Podcast. I'm here to explore different strategies to improve the lives of individuals with autism. Hey guys, I have a really fun interview for you today. Today, I am chatting with Patrick Mulick. He is an educational consultant and an administrator in Washington State. He's a former special education teacher and a BCBA. And I swear to you, I could have talked to him for like five hours. Do not worry. This podcast is not five hours long, but I love his message. I wish I had a video of me talking to him because I just was like nodding the whole time, agreeing with everything he was saying. Patrick does a lot of training with transportation staff, and I was super excited to talk to him about this concept. I actually had the first experience this summer where I was doing a training and they invited all of the school bus drivers and the bus aides. This was the first time I've ever done a training where the invitation was really opened up to all of the faculty and staff in that way. And we talked about behavior change. We had such a great day. It was so awesome that they were included. And I was like, oh my God, 
why aren't more people doing this and more people talking about this? And then I discovered Patrick and I was like, oh, he is doing this and he is talking about this. So we chat about, first of all, why it's important to work with your transportation staff in a meaningful way. And then he gives some amazing action tips on what you can do as a teacher or as a parent that are realistic in our busy days and are realistic for that transportation staff member who's got a lot on their plate. What are some things we can do to help them learn about our students and work with our students in an effective way? So let's jump in. You are going to love this. Hi, Patrick. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so looking forward to chatting with you. Thanks for having me. I love chatting with BCBAs that are also in the special ed world. There's not too many of us out there. So can you tell us a little bit about how you work in both fields? Yeah. Originally, uh, I went to Gonzaga University over in uh, Spokane, Washington, just thinking I was going to become a teacher. And I fell in love in working in special education and helping uh, support students and specifically found a love for those kids with autism. And I ended up teaching preschool and middle school in a self-contained classroom at the high school level, incorporating a lot of the ABA strategies I, I learned in college. And then it wasn't actually until years later that I recognized that I'm actually really close from getting my BCBA. I took a lot of the required coursework. Um, and so I completed that and since then became an administrator in a school district over here that uh, I'm still in. Uh, and today I'm here as the assistant director of autism and student independence. And I get to utilize my behavior analytic thinking and how I support programs and support teachers who are doing the good work on the front lines every single day. Oh my gosh, I love that. You know, I because I meet a lot of BCBAs, as I'm sure you do, and sometimes strategies from the clinical or in-home setting don't always translate to the school. So it's always fun to kind of play around with how applied behavior analysis really can work in all these different settings. Absolutely, and that really speak that speaks to the the applied component, right? Uh, and yeah. I think about what this looks like uh, on the front lines in classrooms. And I almost think about it as like a, a, a Venn's diagram, right? Like where you have one circle where uh, these are all the strategies that are going to help support kids. These are the things that we know that work for kids. And the other side is this is what's going to work in the schoolhouse. And this is what's going to work for the staff. And you got to find that sweet spot right in the middle where it's, it's going to work for both. And there is a lot that can be found in there, but it's recognizing that it's the merging of those two worlds. Yes. And people get, you know, teachers get turned off if you come in with strategies that might work, but might not work in this setting. Like I've met teachers that are just like, oh, that ABA stuff, that doesn't work for me because they haven't learned about what's in that middle of the Venn diagram, like you mentioned. Absolutely. And so sometimes we hear like, well, reinforcement, it, it, we've tried that. It doesn't work for him. <laughs> and internally I'm going, <laughs> but if only you knew, right? It's not that reinforcement doesn't work for this kid. It's that we haven't figured out how it's going to work for this kid in this setting. Absolutely. Exactly. Well, I am really excited about this topic because when I learned how much work you do with transportation staff and bus drivers, I had this like light bulb moment of like, oh my gosh, why aren't more people doing this and talking about transportation staff? Because really nobody is besides you. I mean, it's such an important area of need that is just simply not addressed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I had that same aha moment myself a number of years ago. 
uh, we had uh, some staff and transportation who needed a little bit more support in how do we help our kids with autism and, and more globally, our students with disabilities. And so they asked me, can I, can you come do like a little workshop? I've never driven a school bus in my life and I'm not going to pretend to be a school <laughs> bus driver, but it's exactly what we were just talking about. How do we take those strategies that we know work for kids and how do we apply that to the school bus setting? Uh, and really, no one has really had that conversation with transportation staff before of how to best support those kids that they transport every single day. And the more I got into it, and the more I had the opportunity to get in front of more transportation staff, not just locally, but within my state. And then uh, after that, around the country, you realize that we have been doing a large disservice to this group of professionals by not connecting with them and sharing with them a lot of the strategies we use to support our kids and just knowing that where they support kids, it looks uh, a little different, mm -hmm. but it is still public education where they're at. Uh, oftentimes as teachers, because we are so busy in the day-to-day -day operations from uh, you know, supporting kids and managing schedules and re replying back to emails and phone calls and all of it, by the time the end of the day comes and you put your kids on the bus. I mean, you feel like you just got out of a six hour blender, right? Like you're just <laughs> spinning and, and going, going, going. You haven't gone to the bathroom in four hours and you get the kid on the bus and you have that sigh of relief. Yep. <sighs> okay. Out of sight, out of mind. Right. And so it's not that I think teachers think any less of transportation staff. I just think they don't think about them very much at all because when they get the kid on the bus at the end of the day, it's that that sigh of relief, and now I can go take care of all, all the other things I need to do before I can actually leave to go home today. And we forget that that those bus drivers and the transportation staff, they need that information. They need uh, to know what's going to work for those kids, getting them to and from school every day. And I think we can forget this for our students School doesn't start when the first bell rings. School starts the moment they have to step outside of the comfort of their own home and get on these commercial vehicles that are driving through their community. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. School starts every day when they get on that bus. And we need to be thinking about our bus drivers who do that good work and helping set the tone for the, for the day mm -hmm. for the students. We need to think about them as edu educators just as well. I mean, think about that, the information you would share with a PE teacher, another gen ed teacher, if you were going to have one of your students go to that class, uh, you would give them information on what they would need to be successful, what uh, cues or triggers to have them watch out for. And if a behavior happens, this is how you can respond more, most effectively. Uh, all of those things, you would want to share that forward to another teacher. And it's that same information we need to make sure we're providing to our transportation staff uh, not only just to make sure that that's in a more peaceful and enjoyable ride, but really bus drivers, they provide the opening and closing ceremonies on a student's day. I mean, they are the first sight that the student sees when they enter the, the education realm in the day, getting on the bus. Um, and so they're going to be the ones who set the tone for the kids and how they're acting when they get off the bus and see you. Yeah. So in a sense, when you're helping bus drivers, they're helping uh 
or you're helping them help you. Yeah. Because if a kid, like, that's such a great point that their day starts right when they leave their house. And if that first half hour, first 20 minutes is really challenging, of course, they're not walking in your classroom ready to learn, ready to be engaged in academic tasks because they've had a rough 20 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and so I think just there's a huge reason to make sure that we're reaching out to this population and remembering it's not just the bus drivers. M many of our special education special education buses have bus monitors yeah. or bus aides, another set of hands there. Uh, so there's a lot that can be shared and should be shared, not only to help them out, but to help yourself out and uh, ultimately help students have a, a more successful and day. And a lot of the transportation staff, like, man, they have hard jobs. I think back to the school I used to work at, and some of the bus aides would have, you know, 10, 15 kids by themselves and kids with super high needs. And I was like, oh, God, I would not be able to do that job. And I'm a special ed teacher and a BCBA. And, you know, a lot of them are innately and somewhat naturally pretty gifted at working with some of our kids. But I can't imagine then applying some of the tools and strategies would make it even better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Having had the opportunity to go to many places around the country and talk to a lot of different bus drivers, I mean, one common theme is these are some of the kindest people that you will ever meet. And so many of them are, are doing the best they can, supporting kids, getting them to and from school every day. But we empower them to be much more successful when we give them that information that they need in order to help best support the, the kids. And, and it's it's really too bad because if you Google autism on the bus, you know, oh, like God. the first hundred things are going to come up are, are all the horrible examples of like the half of the half of the half of the yeah. percent of the time when things haven't gone well, uh, most often related to when the transport transportation staff haven't been provided the information that they need to know. Um, then we see that the examples of things when they go wrong, and there's so many other examples out there that we just don't see when transportation staff are doing the best they can and actually being uh, effective at it to a very large degree. Uh, and so there's an army of people out there who are are doing their best they can, but they would be so much more successful and so much more empowered if they had some of that individual information that can be shared uh, that we know is working for us in the schoolhouse. And it's and it's a pretty like thankless job too. Like not only is it hard, but they're paid almost nothing and it's thankless. You know, they're doing a pretty challenging task and not being compensated super well. And then I'm sure not getting thanked all too often either. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we, we forget to bring that up when they drop off the kids or we, they get, take them home at the end of the day. We forget to tell them thank you because we're so engulfed in our world and the things that are coming up, the things that still need to get take, taken care of. Uh, and so any opportunity I think we have as, as professionals to connect, stop, talk with some of our transportation staff and let them know that we really do appreciate what they do. And so much of their work, it goes unseen. Um, they do need to feel that appreciation because we wouldn't be able to do what we do if it weren't for them. I mean, we can't teach kids who don't show up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right? And so we need them there to be, uh, you know, the, the person to make that difference so that we can get them from school uh, to home and to home from school every day so we can make that magic happen. Okay. So to a teacher that's listening, that's having this light bulb moment of like, oh my gosh, this has just not been on my radar, but I see that it should be. What are some action steps they can take to get kind of this communication and training started? 
Yes. Okay. So I know you are Sasha Long, the <laughs> autism helper. So I have to have my action steps ready. All right. So first and foremost, yeah. Uh, number one, we want to make sure we're treating the bus driver like an educator uh, and really use that term with them. I, I feel that if you have the capacity to support a child in any way, in a positive way that's going to influence their day, then, then you're an educator. And so the way we think, the way we treat our bus drivers, we need to make sure we're treating them uh, like educators and giving them the information they need in order to be successful. And, and so individual p things that they're going to need to know about your student, um, I mean, specifically related to autism, there's going to be some of those uh, subtle social cues that we might give other kids that are kids with autism and going to get like they're, they're not going to understand necessarily the stink eye, mm -hmm. right? When, you know, or you're using that tone of voice, right? When your eyebrows are situated differently, kids with autism, they may not understand that. And so bus drivers need to know the individual practice that practices they need to be taking with each student uh, so that they can communicate with them effectively. I mean, some uh, of our more old fashioned ways of working with kids, hey, look at me when I'm talking to you, <laughs> right? Because that's our that's our check for making sure that they're listening, that the student is listening. But many of our students with autism aren't necessarily great with eye contact. Mm -hmm. And some individuals with autism will, will tell you, I can look at you or I can listen to you, but I can't do both. So pick one, right? Uh, and so some of those small signs that, uh, or strategies we might want to be using with our students with autism uh, our bus drivers need to know about that. I mean, was one, one common consequence or way of supporting a student's behavior might be, okay, you're not going to sit in that seat. You're going to sit in a different seat today, whether because of something the student did or just because it's uh, too disruptive having that, that, you know, that population uh, you know, of kids in seat one, two, and three. They need to mix up where ki kids are situated. An individual with autism randomly being told, you're going to stop sitting in that seat that you've sat in every day this year and go sit in a different seat, that change in of itself could trigger a behavior. Um, so many of these things are going to be different based on some of the nuances of the individual, but our bus drivers need to know that. So we need to be, make sure we're sharing that information to them, just like we'd be sharing to any other teacher we would send the student to. So number one, we need to treat our bus drivers like the educators that they are and the difference makers that they are in supporting kids. Yes. Uh, the second thing I would say is uh, make sure that we are being aware of the big stressors that transportation can provide. We want to make sure we can compensate for the big stressors. And so thinking about autism specifically, whether we're talking about on the school bus or in the schoolhouse or at home, some common times where we might see behavioral challenges, uh, around transitions, right? Going from one activity to the next. Okay, what's the biggest transition a student is gonna make in their entire school day, right? School it's bus, going yeah. from, yeah, going from the comforts of home, getting on this commercial vehicle and going to school where there's high demands, all right? So there's that. Uh, there's many sensory components that can come up on riding the bus, many interesting sights, sounds. We're in a tighter space, right? There's not a break spot, you know, in the other corner of the room to go to. Uh, and so there's some sensory pieces that can come into play. And then just in general, it's, it's downtime. I mean, there's, it's not a lot of structured activity and some of our students do great as long as they have that schedule laid out right there in front of them of what's expected, what's coming up next. And when we tell them just to sit down and hang on for a little <laughs> while, the ambiguity of that can cause a great deal of behavior. And so 
I would say for uh, my number two is we need to make sure that we're supporting our bus drivers and compensating for those. So if the student does have trouble just because it is a transition time, some of our students might benefit from having their own individual schedule of how many more stops it's going to be until I get to my destination, whether that be home or school. Uh, it, you know, I'm over here in, in Western Washington. We have a lot of trains over here, train tracks. Some of our kids, when they come to uh, a railroad crossing and a train's going by, even something as small as that, uh, in this transitional time, they come to uh, a stop. They see the train coming by, and you and I know that eventually the train's going to stop, like it's going to end. It's not an infinite train. But the individual with autism might need to be reminded, yes, I know, this is a little different. There is an end to this train. Otherwise, that student may be sitting there thinking, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to die here. <laughs> this is where I live now. Right. Yeah, yes, like this train will keep on going. You know, many years from now, there'll be a little tombstone <laughs> on the seat that said, once sat little Johnny, right? They need to know, like, yes, it is a transition. That train will end and we will get to our destination, right? So some of our kids need that, just that reassurance of how many stops are left. Some I might it might actually need like a tangible schedule like we would have in the I classroom. love the idea of a tangible schedule. Like even taking pictures of the stops and the order to like go through that in your head. Like I do that when I'm on the train. Like I look at that, you know, the visual of how many stops are left till my destination so I know when it's over. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it might just be some of the key points. Hey, there's the McDonald's, there's the car wash, right? There's the brown house on the corner. Whatever is meaningful for the kid just to help out with that predictability, I think can uh, make a huge difference. The the sensory components, I mean, that's oftentimes going to be individualized. So we need to make sure, are they very sensitive to certain uh, noises, the screeching of the brakes, just the discomfort of being in this large open air commercial vehicle? Uh, do they need their, their backpack, which is, can be a weighted item? Do they need, need to have that sitting on their lap just to have some sort of pressure, uh, some headphones or a hoodie to kind of block out the, the brightness of the visuals? Uh, those are components we need to take into, into, into consideration. And then, again, the downtime piece, uh, as I was saying earlier, many of our kids with autism, if we just say hang out for a little bit, well, then what am I supposed to do with hanging out for a little bit? So give them something to do, whether that be the, a book or um, a word search. I actually had one of our awesome uh, occupational therapists put together what she called the fidget belt for one of our students with autism. And basically what it was, I mean, we recognized that uh, fidgets are helpful for kids. The problem with giving anything to a kid on the bus is the potential of it becoming a projectile. <laughs> Right. Like getting thrown. And then you just imagine like the, the bus driver get hit, hit in the back of the head with uh, this nice sensory <laughs> item. Um, and so there we had one student who needed that type of support. We were a little concerned about it becoming a, a projectile uh, if we gave him something. So she essentially sewed together this belt that he would wear around his waist that um, had like four or five different fidgets hanging off of it. So those things were quickly, easily accessible and things that he could engage in while the bus was going, but there wasn't this huge concern of it getting tossed and then it becoming, you know, something, uh, a, a, of a danger. So oh, I love that. This is why this job is fun because you get to think like outside of the box for these solutions that, you know, you have to be creative to figure out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's just applied behavior analysis. So just how does this apply to, to here on this, yeah. on this vehicle that uh, actually has a big impact on the student's day. So I would say, number one, treat bus drivers like educators. Two, make sure we're compensating for the stressors. Three, and this is much easier, just in general, 
as teachers are making things for their, their classroom, I think as a teacher, you should be also thinking when you're making something, whether it be a visual or a reinforcement board, is this something that the bus driver or bus aide could also benefit from having? Like if you're already making a set of, of visuals to help the student communicate, does this does the school bus need a copy as well? Like go ahead and make a copy. Most transportation departments don't have like an industrial laminator or an infinite amount of Velcro to like design these things. They don't necessarily have the background knowledge uh, to know uh, to, to make them. But if we're making things for the classroom that we think would be successful for uh, to support kids on the bus, then we should make sure that we're uh, taking advantage of that. Yes. I'm like, oh, you can't uh, see me, but I'm like nodding really aggressively now because that is so true. <laughs> I always say that for like the for parents too. Like when you're making something for your class and make another copy for mom and dad because they don't have, like you said, the laminator, the Velcro, the cool stuff we have. And once you're making it, it's not that much harder to make one more. But yeah, loop the transportation staff into that as well. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I would say for number four, uh, support reinforcement delivery. So uh, discussing reinforcement is, is its own concept. And when I get it, the opportunity to talk to transportation staff, I get into this a little bit more in depth. But uh, you and I know, I mean, it's, it's those things we're providing kids to increase that behavior that we're looking for. And one of the realistic challenges that our transportation staff has is they don't always have an infinite amount of resources to be able to provide a kid something because they're using the appropriate or the desired behavior on the bus. And it is a huge support to them that we as educators can uh, help provide the delivery of that reinforcement. So uh, if there was a quick way in that exchange when the kid's getting off the bus in the morning, that if there's a quick way for the bus driver to share, hey, we had a great bus uh, bus ride today. And in that moment, we either give the kids something there or as soon as they get in the classroom, they've already got a first token on their token board or a point in their point system. Uh, the more we can help them out in the delivery of reinforcement, the easier that's going to be. Sometimes our transportation staff are really limited on what they could deliver uh, in, for uh, the appropriate behavior that they're seeing. And if we can help collaborate in that and team on that, the, the better off we're going to be. And, and we know some kids can make that connection absolutely of, hey, I was great on the bus. And because of that, I get this thing in this other setting. Mm -hmm. uh, other kids aren't going to have that capacity. And so if they need something in the moment on the spot, if they need their own token board uh, on the bus and the bus aid is helping to deliver uh, those stars or those tokens, uh, we just need to make sure we're giving them those resources in order so that uh, so that they can't actually uh, do that work in supporting kids in such a way. Yeah. And like just even the knowledge of understanding exactly what reinforcement is, I'm sure is super helpful to the staff that you've worked with. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of common misunderstandings uh, around reinforcement and really then the role of punishment. Uh, and we know that, that that difference is made by coming from the more positive perspective and kind of giving the, the ins and outs of why you would want to go one way and not the other. Uh, it, it takes a little bit to wrap your mind around because oftentimes people they work and they operate based on how they were raised or their pre-understanding. And not a lot of transportation staff were given the opportunity to go through a behavioral course and to talk about, you know, what is positive reinforcement and why uh, that would, we would, we would want to go there many more times before ever considering the use of punishment and when it, when would it, we would want to use um, which strategy. So being able to provide that, that background information is huge. I'm a huge supporter when we think about any professional development that we do within the school district 
that's related to behavior, let's make sure we invite our bus drivers, yes. right? If, if there's a course that's being offered on behavior change, then yes, the, um, we need to be thinking about our school bus as their school buses as their own class. I had that experience right? for the first time this summer. I was in New Mexico for three days and my last day was the behavior change day and they invited all of their transportation staff. And at first, some of the bus drivers were kind of like, why am I here? Like, uh, was I supposed, she said, the special ed director said they were all emailing her like, did you mean to invite me to this? And she was like, yep. And I was so excited they were there because it was my first experience having transportation staff in the room. And it was great. They were super into it, like had really great feedback after and were like, we're so thankful we were invited. Exactly. And the part of that, I think it's just as helpful for transportation staff to be there, but it's also helpful for the special ed teachers to see the yep. transportation staff there to help them remember, oh gosh, yes, of course. <laughs> Just like you had that yeah. aha moment, uh, helping recognize that they need that information as well. And they need to be part of that collaboration as well to help them be successful in, in supporting kids. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love this. So number five, I would say my, uh, the, the, and my, this is my final one, my, my final point, uh, share the celebrations you have about the student openly like if, if you're getting the kid off the bus in the morning or putting him on the bus at the end of the day be free to share some, some of the celebrations the gains the student made that day uh, it is incredibly difficult being a school bus driver because because you can feel very disconnected from the larger operation that you're a part of and the more celebrations they can hear it helps them remember why they do what they do every single day but then also it brings up conversation points for them to bring up with the student, like when they're transporting the kid back and forth, they can easily run out of things to talk about. But if we're giving them information, you know, how they did it at lunch that day or uh, with their sight words uh, or on a field trip that they that they went on, uh, the more of that information that can be shared empowers the bus driver to increase some of these uh, the social gains that they can have with that student. And it's also uh, so helpful to know that just because uh, many of our bus drivers, they hear about a student before they actually uh, have the opportunity to transport them. And, and this isn't here in Washington, this isn't on the East Coast, this is just a na national trend that we see is that people eventually hear things through the grapevine about the kids they're gonna be transporting. And the more information that we can get out there that is positive about students, the better outlook that these staff uh, are going to have. I, unfortunately, I would say sometimes the legend of a student comes before the actual meeting of the students and uh, transportation staff could hear about the legend. Legend has it. <laughs> this student yeah, screams so loud, you'll need to cover your ears. And when we're able to share that positive message about what this, these kids can do, I think it helps change the conversation. If there's nothing else I've learned in life from being uh, you know, involved in ABA, being a teacher, being a parent, um, I'm even a former college cheerleader. I mean, <laughs> if there's nothing else I've learned in life, it's that attitude is like glitter. Good or bad, once it's somewhere, it's everywhere. Yeah. And we, the attitude we share about our students to our transportation staff, that spreads to them. And, and that spreads well beyond than what we ever see. But it ultimately, it comes back in impacting the kid and how we treat them and how we approach them. So I think sharing those celebrations openly uh, can have a huge impact on supporting the transportation staff and how kids are supported. Oh, that's huge. Because I think there's, and I know I'm guilty of this in the past, you know, teachers that are unintentionally 
kind of perpetuating that negative narrative sometimes too, because like you said, at the end of the day, you're spent, you're done. You are like, good riddance, little Johnny, get on that bus. And if there is any exchange with transportation staff, like, oh, how was Johnny's day? And you're like, oh, it was rough. And you know, you, you say that without even thinking and not purposefully trying to create any negative like aura around this kid, but you are, then that bus aid is like, can't help it. It's human nature being like, oh man, you had a rough day. I, I better get myself ready for this. Right, right. And then that that's going to impact their approach and then that's going to impact how students are supported. Uh, you know, it, it was once said that the way we talk to our kids, it becomes their inner voice, mm-hmm. right? And so if our conversation with them is much more about the positives, the things that they're doing well. And if, if that's the this primary soundtrack they're get, getting from the adults who are supporting them, uh, it's going to have a dramatic impact on their lives just as well. Yeah, for sure. So I love that in a lot of these tips that you gave, you were mentioning when these conversations happen, like, you know, in the handoff, in the drop-off, because I can kind of hear the next question out of teacher's mouths, like, when do I have the time to do this? And I think a lot of this can be done, like how you were saying, even in those few minutes where drop-off is happening. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, it is it is in the nooks and crannies of the day that we make the, the difference with this. So uh, certainly it's helpful. And I've heard this from uh, different transportation departments throughout the, the country. Some teachers do create a quick cheat sheet of here's the top five things you need to know about my student, right? It's not anything too too detailed, but here's their interests, here's their triggers, this is what they need to be successful. If teachers are able to just give a quick scenario at the beginning of the school year for what that transportation staff needs to know in order to help support the kid, that's great. Uh, but that, that can also happen, yes, when we have those small moments, we would just want to want to make sure if we're having that conversation in front of the students, that we loop the student in with them. And I've certainly been guilty of this myself. I think many of us have. When we have that conversation about a kid and the kid is right there. And so we need to make sure if that quick collaboration is taking place and the kid can hear us. We're, yes, remember Johnny? No, yeah, Johnny likes that video game. Oh, his favorite subject at, at school is PE. I bring some of those small things up. And, okay, these are some, some things to watch out for. This is what we're working on. And we're really excited about the progress we're going to make. And just make sure that we're looping the kid in. And if they have the opportunity to provide any feedback themselves, um, know, the more appropriate we're going to be in terms of uh, serving kids. I'm so happy you brought that I mean, up because that is one of my like all time in life pet peeves is talking about a child in front of them like they are not even there. Okay. And I had this experience myself a couple of weeks ago and it, it, it took it to a deeper level. I was at the dentist getting a cavity filled of all <laughs> things. And you know, when you go to the dentist, they put like all of the things <laughs> in your mouth, right? And you, you're just stuck there and you can't talk or move. You're just like, ah, um, and they put all of these things in my mouth. And right at that exact moment, when I couldn't move, I was completely immobile. Uh, the, the two staff start talking about this we, this uh, wedding that one of them went to over the weekend and then what they're doing next weekend. And I'm sitting there listening to all of it going, <laughs> like I'm stuck here. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what our students feel yeah. like when we finally get them to the schoolhouse. And then we, now, well, now that you're here, um, we're going to talk about you in front of you, but you're, you can't talk or we're just going to completely talk off, yeah. top off, to- talk off yeah. topic. So um, I think it's yeah, definitely a, a challenge that we ourselves run into in our practice. We need to be careful. About. Yes. Uh, and, uh, beyond that, though, many of our bus drivers, I'll tell you, they work weird hours. They have a morning shift, an afternoon shift, and they have an open window in the middle of the day. Invite them into your classroom. 
uh, and have them see what some of these strategies look like in real time and some of the approaches that we're using to support kids. Yeah, it's going to look a little different on the bus, but many of them have that open window in the middle of the day and feel free to invite them in. But just the same on the other end, I would really encourage every special education teacher at least once a year to do at least one bus ride home with one of their students or with a, a group of their students just to get that perspective of what they're going through and the things that they might need or the conversations they might be bringing up on the bus just to help increase that collaboration. But then also that helps with the thinking moving forward because you have that experience, that mindset of, oh yeah, gosh, school's not done. And when the kid gets on the bus, school gets is done when they get home. And to help out with that mindset of supporting transportation staff, I think it's so important that uh, special ed teachers, I know swamped with everything, but if you could find the time just to do one ride home uh, once a year, I think that could have a big shift in how we think about our transportation. Because staff. you don't know what you don't know. You might There might be things that come up that you hadn't even realized. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And so having that perspective, having that viewpoint and helping uh, kind of look from the student's eyes and for the transportation staff's eyes, what, what they're seeing, you might be able to help more successfully, uh, you know, diagnose a different way to support uh, the student as they're getting to and from school. Yeah. I will say that sometimes, unfortunately, there are things that we do need to share with our transportation staff that we want them to know, but we don't want to hear the student to say, yeah. or we don't, we don't want the student to hear us say, right? So they might be more irritated by this one student today. Maybe let, let's give them some, some distance. Um, anything that we need to share that we don't want the student to hear, take a sticky note and take the, the 30 seconds to write the note just to hand it over so that this transportation staff knows like the nuance of that day, what's unique about that day, but without necessarily bringing it up in front of the student. That can help with that effective communication that uh, staff would need in order to support the students. That's a great, that's a great tip too. Super user-friendly. I love the idea of staff taking the bus. I rode the bus one time, my second year teaching, this was forever ago. It was Special Olympics and there were no substitute bus aids and there was a bus aid out. And I was determined that my two kids that were on this bus, like hell or high water, <laughs> they were coming to Special Olympics. So my friend drove me to the first bus stop and dropped me off. And I wrote, I was like, well, I'll be the bus aid. And everyone was very surprised by that. But I hadn't real. I knew they were on the bus a long time, but it, in Chicago, kids can be bused up to an hour. So really knowing like what an hour feels like on a school bus, like, oh man, I like I got to work and I was like, I need a cup of coffee and a, and a break and a, <laughs> and like, I need to chill. Like, and that gave me a lot of perspective on like, we're not, I don't, some of these kids might not be ready to jump into like academics right away. We might have to ease into our day a little bit more. Exactly. Exactly. It gives you a completely new perspective of what our transportation staff are, are dealing with every day, but then what kids might experience and the many challenges that might come from riding the bus. Awesome. Well, I really hope that this motivates a lot of teachers to kind of take, you know, some steps on this because this could make such a huge impact in not only your kids' lives, but the staff that you're working with and the families and just really impact all areas of the day. Well, and I'm really just honored to be here and I'm excited to be here because I'll tell you, I've been talking to bus drivers for years and when I'm done with all uh, of my whole day of PD with them, I would say the number one comment that I get from bus drivers is that information was awesome, but do the teachers know that? Like not, not that around the behavior analytic pieces, but do they know that we need to work together? Yeah. 
right? Do they know that we we're not going to be successful if we try to work in silos? And so I'm really honored to be here and to be able to share this because uh, I'm finally getting that opportunity to do it on uh, the podcast of all podcasts, <laughs> the, the Oprah of special education, <laughs> Sasha Long. So uh, just super excited that I've had this opportunity. No, this is great. I, I mean, and like I said, this is an area that I'm guilty of just forgetting about. So, and I know there's so many teachers that are the same thing. No one's you know, has bad intentions. There's just so much on your plate, but this is something necessary. You got to add to your plate. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have to be looking at the student's entire day, not just the time that we have with them, but what does their entire day look like? And we get that big picture. We're able to maximize their success. Awesome. Well, Patrick, I could talk to you for a long time, but I'm going to let you go back to your very busy job. Um, where can people learn more about you? Okay. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, I just started Instagram like four days ago. Yes. So I think I have 12. Followers. Welcome yeah, I to know. Instagram. So I know. Moving up in the world, but uh, you can find information on my website, uh, patrickmulick.com. So my last name, many people mispronounce it. It's Mulick. So for a visual example, think of mule and then like an animal and then ick, that's disgusting. <laughs> That's my last name, Mulek. So patrickmulek.com or find me on Facebook, find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd love to answer any questions that people have. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Did you know that two out of three teachers turn to Teachers Pay Teachers for educational resources? As a seller on TPT, this makes me so excited. I love seeing educators turn to other educators for support in their classrooms. There are so many great resources on Teachers Pay Teachers, and this could be made even better if we could involve school budgets in this process. Enter TPT for Schools. TPT for Schools makes it easy for administrators and teachers to collaborate when making curricular decisions. TPT helps you set up a way of using school funds for these resources. This is a new program and there's already over 5,000 schools registered. In the special ed world, this is even more important because we don't have that many resources and the resources that are provided for us might not be so appropriate for our class. To learn more about TPT for Schools, visit schools.teacherspayteachers.com. Thanks for listening to the Autism Helper podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, hit subscribe. It would mean a lot to me if you left some feedback. Whether I'm working one-on-one -on -one with a student, doing a podcast like this one, or presenting for a PD, my goal is always to provide as much value as I can. So your feedback really helps me make sure I'm doing just that. If you have other topics you'd like me to cover, leave in the feedback or message me on social media. You can follow me at The Autism Helper on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest, or visit my website, theautismhelper.com. Thanks again for listening. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba. 
Having the right resources for your classroom is essential to making sure your classroom is running smoothly. At the Autism Helper Shop, we have all of the resources you need to make sure you have the behavior, communication, and curriculum supports for your students. Within our shop, we have adapted books, task cards, resources aligned to the VB map and the ABLES, behavior plan flowcharts, data sheets, curriculum, Everything you need, whether you are an early childhood teacher or a high school teacher, we have all of the resources that will meet those students' needs. So head over to shop.theautismhelper.com to check out all of our resources.